Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Well, it'll be Oregon State at Cal on Saturday. Big football game uh, for both teams, really. I think for Justin Wilcox, remember he told us on Pac-12 Media Day his goal this season uh, was to uh, win more football games and and matter more. Of course, that's what coaches want to do. And Jonathan Smith and Oregon State, they need this one. This is, I think it's five straight unranked opponents that they'll play here uh, in the next uh, five games. And so they have an opportunity, I think, to, to pad some wins onto the uh, – Onto the schedule and figure out um, figure out who they are offensively. Um, our next guest uh, covers Cal football. Does a hell of a job on the Cal Sports Report. Jeff uh, Ferrado is joining us, and uh, he does. Uh, he's nobody better on Cal. Jeff, thanks for making time. Hey, how you guys doing today? Doing well. Give me an idea. All right, this Oregon State story. You know, they practiced. It, they they did it in silence. You know, it it made people chuckle. But I gotta know. Do you think Cal and their players, do you think they it irked them a little bit? Well, it'll be interesting to see. I think it's more interesting to see if it motivates their crowd. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think we can expect a crowd of about 35,000, thereabouts. They had a little under that last week for ASU. They had 44,000 for Auburn, but I think people got kind of excited about a SEC team that's never been here before. And as great as Oregon State has been the last couple of years, they're not a sexy name for for Cal fans. It's not USC or you know or Washington or Oregon. So I don't know. I I would presume that Cal Cal's players are aware of it, but it's not really reflective on them so much as it is on the atmosphere in the crowd. It's a good point. And so you know, I've been to games there that have been lightly attended. I've been to other games there that really draw a crowd. In your mind. What does bring Cal fans to the stadium? Well, first of all, they, they need to have a good team, and I think the jury's definitely out on whether this is a good team. They're 3-2, and two, but they haven't done anything to convince me that they're a real good team. And the problem they've got right now, um, as you may know, is that they are about to begin a five-game and six-week stretch where they play five straight top 25 opponents. You mentioned Oregon State's schedule with five unranked opponents in a row. Well, Cal's just the opposite of that because they've they got Utah on the road next week. Then they have a bye. Then they have USC coming in. Then they go to Oregon. And then they have WSU coming in. And so it's a real gauntlet for them. And it's going to determine whether their season's successful. They've got three wins right now. They've still got Stanford out there. That's probably a fourth win. And they've also got UCLA, which is not going to be easy, especially in Pasadena. Cal's got to win two of those six games. Uh, and maybe one or two of the of the next five, and I, I don't know where they was come from. Possibly on Saturday, but I think it's a, a steep climb for Cal in this one. Yeah, and I, I do think that Cal's got a shot on Saturday because I th- I think Oregon State's look clunky, and obviously they lose a game at Washington State. You think about you know what the home field is worth. I think Cal's got to go. Hey, we've got a shot in this one. What is Cal? done well in your eyes in this season uh let's let's talk about the offense first what's gone right for Cal? they've run the ball very effectively they're averaging like 212 yards a game second in the conference but 
The next two weeks, they play the best two run defenses in the league. Uh, 67 yards a game, I think, each for Oregon State and Utah is what they're allowing. So this is a real test for their offensive line. Uh, and their offensive line has been a weakness on the team for several years now. They may be a little better this year. Uh, they're more experienced. Uh, but it's a lot of the same guys that they've had. Um, and let's see if they can do it against a run defense this good. Uh, Jade Knott has had two really big games, uh, 100, 188 and 165, I think, in two games. Um, he got dinged up and didn't play in one game, but he's leading the conference in yards rushing per game. And Isaiah Ifante, who's a kid who they brought in from Montana State, an FCS school, uh, has been very effective as their number two guy, and he just went over 4,000 career yards at both places. Now, 3,700 of them were at Montana State, but nonetheless, he's a pretty good player. Um, and so that's been the strength of their offense, running the ball. But can they do it against these guys? Uh, and, and, of course, the other aspect of that is, is is the quarterback, Sam Jackson, is mobile and very quick, very elusive. Um, last week he had two runs totaling 48 yards. That got called back. It looked to me like with the naked eye that the penalties were legit but didn't have anything to do with the runs. So those are real self-inflicted wounds that they can't afford against good teams. Defensively, I always look at Justin Wilcox's teams and I go, gosh, count on struggling to get to 24 like you know and you look at the numbers four of the five opponents he's held under 21 but then there's the washington game what went wrong in the washington game well first of all washington might be the best team in the league washington's awfully good everywhere on the field it looks to me like uh cal got way behind in that game before washington even took the field offensively i don't know if you remember they had a pick six, and they had a punt return for a touchdown. Washington had not run an offensive snap, and they were ahead two touchdowns. Nah. And so the game was kind of almost over then, um, and Cal did not play well. Um, and, you know, so they gave up the 59. Two of, two of the touchdowns were, were on the special teams and, and, and the offense giving those up. But nonetheless, they just got chewed up. UW has tremendous receivers, and, and one of the four or five or six really good quarterbacks in the league their offensive line is very good. I know Oregon State is as well. Um, you know, that was Cal's, Cal at its worst. Um, I'm not sure we've seen Cal at its best. They're trying to sort out quarterbacks still. You know, they've last week Jackson played the whole game, but that was mostly because Ben Finley, the transfer from North Carolina State, was dinged up in the Washington game and didn't, didn't practice much last week. Uh, so he didn't play, but he's, he has practiced. Either of them or both of them could play. Uh, Fernando Mendoza, a redshirt freshman, they keep talking about how he's really impressive in practice. At some point, I'm guessing he'll get his, his chance out there unless one of the other guys just steps up and seizes the job. But that hasn't happened so far. They really want it to be Jackson because he offers that dual threat uh, as a real elusive, quick kid. He's got plenty of arm, but he's talked about how he's got to do better with decision-making uh, you know, on run-pass option stuff. Uh, at first, it was they, they wanted him to stay in the pocket more instead of giving up on the play and, and taking off running. And now they're saying, well, sometimes you need to run because that's what you do well. And so, you know, he's got to figure this out. He's, it's probably a little bit in his head at this point. But um, their passing game has not been nearly good enough. And Jake Spavital, the offensive coordinator, has always had very prolific passing games. And they're ranked in the bottom, you know, third in the country in passing, even though they're in the top 20 in, in running the ball. 
Jeff Ferrato with us. He covers Cal football like nobody else. If you want to know what's going on, he's the co-publisher of the Cal Sports Report, writes a column, and he's been around this program. Uh, how many years have you been around Cal? Well, I covered Joe Cap. When he, not when he was playing, but when he was coaching. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I tell people I survived those years with Joe Cap. I was ready for anything because uh, – what was, Yeah, what was he like? He was <laughs> virtually impossible. He was charming in small doses, but we had him every day. And, and so the visiting reporters thought, <laughs> oh, this guy's so cool. He's got all this funny stuff to say, and but he says the same stuff every day, folks. It's, yeah. You know, and um, – uh, I liked him on some levels. Uh, he was a ferocious competitor, um, the most ardent cow supporter you've ever seen. Um, but what they should have done is they should have made Joe like a figurehead, and he could have handled recruiting and, and riling up the team, and, and he hired really good assistant coaches at the beginning. A lot of NFL guys really knew what they are doing, but he drove them crazy, and one by one they left, and all of a sudden they just, you know, he, he got his fingers in too much, and he just wasn't equipped to do it. And, uh, of course, he, he recently passed away, and, and so uh, that's very sad. But he was a handful to deal with. Um, not easy, that's for sure. Jeff, the Justin Wilcox tenure, kind of at the point where he's really being evaluated, and he said at the beginning of the season, I need to win games. And he, he knew he needed Ws. What, what does he need this season? Does he need bowl eligibility? Does he need just to show some progress? What does he need? Well, he certainly needs to show some progress, and they can do that relatively easily if they can just get to even five wins. It would be one more than last year. Um, bowl eligibility, I think, would, would take that discussion off the table for another year. The thing is, I'm, I'm not sure they would fire him unless, let's say, they went winless the rest of the way. They've got, as you know, all kinds of different financial pressures and factors and, and added on to all that is moving to the ACC next year where that's going to again cause financial woes for them. Um, and so one argument would be, well, you got to be better in football to alleviate some of those, you know, pressures. Uh, but the other argument, they have to pay off the rest of his contract and they'd have to hire another coach and, and they'd be sort of starting from scratch as they go into a new league, which is probably not what they want to do. Um, and the thing is, is that I know the, the anti- Justin Wilcox crowd will say they just keep losing games, and the, the people who support him will say, yeah, but they're in every game, and that's mostly true. They've lost a lot of close games the last three or four years, uh, but they have by and large been competitive. This is not like the basketball program was the last few years, which was just a disaster. They were getting clobbered in every single game. They were not competitive. They didn't look organized. They were a mess. Uh, football uh, has been competitive. Um, you could say they need to recruit better, and I think that's for sure, and they're having a hard time with that. Um, they get decent players, but they don't get a string of high-end guys. Um, and in this league as it is right now and going forward for them, they're going to have to have better players. But they're also going to have to produce wins, and they haven't done that um, for four years in a row now, unless, unless they can turn it around and finish strong this year. But like I said, this is a stretch where if, if they win two of the next five, it'll be an achievement because they're going to be – they're nine-and-a-half-point underdogs at home this week. Uh, you can imagine what it's going to be at Utah, especially if Cameron Rising comes back a week from now. 
Uh, and then they got USC coming in, and, you know, USC gives up points, but they score at will. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm going to be surprised if he's not the coach next year, but there are, there are scenarios where that could happen. Yeah, I, I look at it, and I think the contract extension probably keeps him there. And, and on the rising front, it kind of feels to me that they were signaling yesterday that this could be a lot longer. Uh, and, and again, we'll see. Uh, we're talking to Jeff Ferrado, who covers Cal football and uh, is better than anybody on that beat. Uh, give me an idea. The perception of Oregon State, from your vantage point, like lay it on the Oregon State fan right now. The perception of their program from outsiders is what? which is Jonathan Smith has just had done a tremendous job there. We all know how difficult a job that has been, how tough a place that is to consistently win. And what he's done is, is remarkable. They are tough defensively. They run the ball. They have a terrific offensive line. They seem to be deeper than they've been. And, and getting the Clemson kid is like a final piece. I know he hasn't played great yet, but uh, he's an improvement over what they've had. Uh, he's a big physical guy. Um, I think they're a very good team. They've got great return guys. Uh, they can hurt you in a lot of ways. Uh, I think they're averaging 35 points and giving up 16 or something. So, you know, uh, they lost the one game by three points, I think it was, to WSU on the road. The Cougars are very good. The league is. It's a crazy year, as we know, for the league to be coming apart because right. it's deeper and better than it's probably ever been. Jeff, I will see you at the stadium. I appreciate you giving us some of your time and great work, as always, on that beat. You've been there. I grew up in the Bay Area, and I know how long you've been there and what you've done on that beat. So thanks for joining us. Oh, you're, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure to join you anytime. All right, there he is, Jeff Ferraro, who covers Cal football. Later in the show, 5 o'clock hour, we'll hear from the coach himself, Justin Wilcox. Native son in the state of Oregon, Junction City kid. I'm going to ask him about his dad and his brother and playing against Jonathan Smith while he was in college a couple years at Oregon State. And what's it like to play for Nick Aliotti? How about that guy? You know, Nick Aliotti was his D coordinator in his last year, the Justin Wilcox last year at Oregon. Aliotti came over as the D coordinator. I'll ask him about that experience. Uh, Stephen and I are going to give our picks coming up. Also, we got some punch and audio. Leave it here. Five o'clock hour, it'll be about 5.18 or so, maybe 5.20, about 5.18 when uh, Justin Wilcox joins us, the Cal football coach. Uh, we'll talk with him. We've got some big games coming up this weekend. Obviously, the Pac-12's got some teams on bye week, including Oregon and Washington, and uh, big season ahead. I think I misspoke in the uh, interview there with uh, the, our guest in the last hour. I was talking about Oregon State's schedule. I said they had unranked opponents for five weeks in a row it's not well i guess it is if you count cal so i guess it is five weeks i was th- i said beyond this week there were five after cal there were five weeks where they play unranked opponents no cal is included in that so it's cal it's ucla right outside the top 25 it's arizona it's colorado it's stanford this is the time for for oregon state to make hay like this is five in a row that they can win. They can beat Cal. They can beat UCLA at home on homecoming. They can go to Arizona and win. They can go to Colorado and win. They can go to Stanford and win. Like, Stephen, this is this is the sweet spot of the schedule for Oregon State. Yeah, it's, it's go time. If they can survive this game and, you know, it, it, I think it's going to be close, 
Um, you're right. This is time to get five in a row and get right back into the Pac-12 race. I mean, I, I think if you went into the season saying, you know, you'd be 4-1, and one, you split the first two conference games, it's kind of understandable. You played Utah, you played at Washington State, you could see Oregon State dropping one of those games, but now you got to go. And, and the toughest matchup is going to be UCLA, and you get them at home. So I'm with you. This has got to be big-time moments out of DJ, big-time moments out of that offense to put some pressure on and uh, win some games. Because it's like you said, John, there's – a team with one, maybe even two losses, can still get into the Pac-12 title game. So Oregon yes. State not out by any means. They just got to take care of some business. And a big difference if they do if they do win five more, which would give them six in a row with the Utah win last week, they would enter the last two weeks of the season at nine and one with Washington and Oregon on the schedule. You feel a lot better about being in that position than being eight and two or seven and three and having to play those final two games. Obviously, so. This is this is it, and it starts this week with Cal, and we're gonna we're gonna give our picks here, uh, and for people who want to uh, follow along with uh, week six picks, I'm having a really good season picking winners straight up. I'm 41 and four straight up, pretty good, you know, pretty good. But my season record against the spread is a meager 19 and 17 now. I'm at 53 percent winners. I have fallen under the uh, the my uh, my mark from last year at fifty eight percent. I need a bounce back week in week six. So here we go. Washington State's at UCLA, twelve o'clock Saturday. That's tomorrow. Man, I'm I keep doing that. I've been doing that all day long. Saturday, Saturday. I'm like, wait a minute. Saturday's tomorrow. Twelve p.m. Pac twelve Network. UCLA is a three and a half point favorite. I have Washington State winning the game outright. I'm taking the Cougars in the points. I just think they're the better team. They played the tougher schedule. Steven, how about you? I have to bounce back and forth. I'm going to end up on UCLA in this game. Um, I do think that UCLA defense is pretty good. They'll be able to slow down Cam Reward uh, just enough to to pull off the win. I think it's going to be a really close game back and forth, but I think ultimately UCLA being at home, uh, getting Washington State away from Pullman, I think they, they can handle Cam Ward just enough and get the win. Uh, outlay UCLA in the points. There you go. We disagree on that one. Let's start there. Why not? If we're going to disagree, why not start with the first one? Let's see how many we disagree on. So uh, I'm uh, on the other side of that. I think Washington State wins the game as a road dog. Very unusual win, by by the way, for Pac-12 teams. Colorado's at Arizona State, 3.30, Pac-12 Network. How many people are going to tune into that game? I'll be really interested to see how much action the Colorado-Arizona State game gets. Um, Colorado, here's a danger. There's a danger in this game for the Buffs. First of all, you got Coach Prime apparently mispracticed today with a medical issue. You've got um, a low-key opponent in Arizona State. This is not Oregon. This is not USC. You have no linear like ESPN, ABC, Fox audience. You got a Pac-12 network game. Kind of wonder about Colorado's focus in this game. And if Arizona State were better, I would pick Arizona State to win at home in an upset. But I don't think they are. And so I have Colorado winning and covering the four-and-a-half-point spread. Look at you, John. Two road two road dogs you got winning outright. Well, Colorado's I, a favorite That's now. right. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, I'm wrong with that. But I'm going to take but, Arizona State. I think Arizona State wins this game. Um, we And I like Colorado. Woo! But I look at it this way, John. We You talked about this numerous times. We've talked to numerous people about this. People are going to get up for Colorado. And the fact that it's not on Fox, it's not at ESPN, all the eyes aren't on this game. Does Colorado players, do they react to that? Do they step up to the challenge? I think Arizona State, they're going to be psyched. They're going to be ready. They've played a lot better this year 
Um, after that Oklahoma State loss, you know, almost and Fresno State loss, you know, almost beating Cal last week. I think they're you know they're playing hard for Dillingham. This is a game where I think Kenny Dillingham can motivate those players at home. I think the crowd can be somewhat into it. I think Arizona State's gonna want to beat Colorado. They're gonna have you know they're gonna make all the uh, all the motivational talks. I think Arizona State gets this what dub uh, over Colorado in a shocking way, and then it's gonna really make it for a tough time for Colorado to get to a bowl game. Wow, we are now. Um what we are uh oh for two yeah or, or we're split. Home do we call it over two or do we just say we're split i guess we're split on the first two i'm two, taking, I'm taking the home two, yeah. teams john you've taught me well yeah and home but home favorites usually win so i i kind of could see your logic you know ucla's at home they're a favorite home favorites this season i'll look the number up here in a second but they usually win but colorado at arizona state <laughs> We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.